to a Hope 103.2 podcast. Last time, we began to explore the important New Testament theme of supporting the work of the gospel with our money. We must not think that gospel preachers are the only ones engaged in God's mission to the world. If we're financially supporting the work of the gospel, we are full partners in the task. We're not spectators on the sidelines, we're players on the pitch. That's what the Apostle Paul meant when he praised the Philippian church for their partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. That's Philippians 1 verse 5. There are plenty of other passages in the New Testament that speak of this monetary aspect of our gospel mission. In fact, by my count, contributing financially to the work of the gospel is second only to prayer as the most frequently urged gospel-promoting activity in the New Testament. Now, I don't believe in ranking issues according to their relative biblical frequency, but the surprise I got when I did the maths probably indicates a shortcoming in my own perspective on mission. Financial partnership in the gospel is absolutely vital. Several other texts speak about the need to support the gospel. So we find texts that talk about the need to support full-time gospel workers. You could call this kind of support the maintenance of evangelists. Um, So we see in Matthew 10, 5 to 10, these words of Jesus. These 12 apostles Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not take along any gold or silver or copper in your belts. Take no bag for the journey or extra tunic or sandals or a staff, for the worker is worth his keep. There's a parallel passage that says pretty much the same thing in Luke chapter 10 verses 1 to 7. Or in 1 Corinthians 9, the Apostle Paul basically restates Jesus' command about financial support of missionaries. So we read in 1 Corinthians 9 13, Don't you know that those who work in the temple get their food from the temple, and those who serve at the altar share in what is offered on the altar? In the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. Paul is probably deliberately reflecting on Matthew 10 and Luke 10. In addition to this maintenance of missionaries, the New Testament refers numerous times to sending out missionaries and evangelists. I don't just mean, you know, waving them off at the airport or seaport in the ancient world. I mean sending them off with everything they need for their evangelistic mission, food, travel expenses, board, and even personnel. In the New Testament, there's a technical jargon word for this particular activity, and it's the Greek word propempo. It's variously translated in the New Testament, send out, assist, help on a journey, and so on. Uh, A few of the relevant passages are these. Romans 15.24 says, I plan to do so when I go to Spain. I hope to visit you while passing through and to have you assist me on my journey there. Propempo. Or in 1 Corinthians 16.6 we read, Perhaps I will stay with you a while or even spend the winter so that you can help me on my journey wherever I go. Propempo. Or Titus 3.13, do everything you can to help Zenos the lawyer and Apollos on their way, propempo, and see that they have everything they need. Coincidentally, as I was writing this section, 
I was about to go out to a church dinner for a young missionary couple who were leaving Australia for a small and gospel-needy country in southern Europe. Our church is committed to supporting them in the long term. That's sort of maintenance support. But the passages I've just quoted challenged me to make sure we sent them off well, giving them what they needed to help them make this huge transition in their life. I was challenged to properly propempo them. The question we must all ask is this. Are we generously supporting the work of the gospel? I don't just mean are we giving to our local church, though that's a fantastic place to start. I mean, are we contributing to a particular evangelist, missionary, or mission organization, or evangelistic project? Could some evangelist or missionary say of you what the Apostle Paul said of his beloved Philippians, that they were partners in the work of the gospel? Younger listeners might be thinking, I'll wait until I earn a bit more money before I start to support gospel work more fully. The problem is older listeners are probably thinking, well, when I've reduced my mortgage and put the kids through school, then I'll be in a position to be more generous. Look, we all live in different situations and God has blessed us in different ways. But from the biblical perspective, it's important that we view the resources we have as gifts from God given to us not only for our own good, but also for the good of others. If financial partnership in the gospel is as important as the scriptures seem to suggest, then we're probably correct to conclude that what we have in our bank account or share portfolio or piggy bank has been given to us by the Lord so that we might help others know the gospel of his grace. We must therefore build generous patterns into our life at whatever stage we find ourselves. Did you know that the average Australian household, now that's household, not individual, spends $231 a year on all forms of charitable giving? That's less than half a percent of the average household income, which is $58,656, or just 40 cents in every $100. You know, the wealthier the household the worse this figure gets. And this is straight from the Australian Bureau of Statistics Household Expenditure Survey, 2005. On a weekly basis then, Australian households spend on average just $4.44 on charitable giving. The average Australian household spends more than that each week on confectionery, $8.10. It spends quite a bit more than that on pets, $9.18. More again on cigarettes, $11.55, three and a half times more on beer and wine, $15.58, and nearly 10 times more on restaurant and takeaway meals, $42.10. Again, these figures are worse among wealthier Australians. Now, I suspect most of you listening to me right now will be trying harder than the average Australian to be generous with your money. But these averages are pretty telling and they draw attention to spending patterns we might not have considered before. In light of the biblical call to promote the gospel with our money, it's worth asking some very practical questions. Would I spend as much on the work of evangelism as I would on my CD collection or movie theatre tickets or sporting events or weekend outings? 
Do the missionaries I know get as big a slice of my income as do my local restaurants or takeaway joints or bottle shop or cafe? If not, why not? What possible reason could there be for not matching my expenditure on luxuries with expenditure on my partnership for the gospel? It's fantastic that the Lord has blessed us with the resources to enjoy the pleasures of his creation. I'm simply wanting to plead with us to add to this enjoyment the enormous privilege of becoming more active in the financial implications of following the friend of sinners. Giving money, as well as your time, to evangelistic projects, people and organisations is a full and praiseworthy partnership in the gospel. When you financially support the proclamation of the gospel, you are actively seeking to save the lost. Hope 103.2 Thanks for listening.